It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. As the 2020 season rages on, the Locked On Reds podcast will be here each and every day to detail each win, each loss, and every transaction as the Reds look to move toward a playoff berth. My name is Jeff Carr. Welcome in to the Locked On Reds podcast. What's up, Reds fans? Welcome in to the Locked On Reds podcast. Today, got a special treat for you. Part one of two with Wick Terrell from the Red Reporter. We're going to be talking about uh, how this season has gone, which obviously we're a little disappointed, but we're going to convey that disappointment for you today. Tomorrow's podcast will be part two. We'll be looking for next season. I know, we don't really want to talk about that because that's all we've been doing for like the last seven years, but that's what we're going to look at tomorrow, looking at some of the guys who can make an impact, who have surprised from this season, and maybe uh, what's the chances of the Reds retaining Trevor Bauer or Anthony DiSclefani. We'll get into that tomorrow, but today looking at what's gone on in 2020. Before we do, though, make sure that you are subscribed to the podcast on all the many podcasting platforms. Follow me on Twitter at Jeff Carr with three Fs and follow the show at Locked On Reds and save the Locked On Reds line number into your phone at 513-549-0159. All right, that's it. We'll get into the interview with Wick right now. All righty, for today's Locked On Reds, we have... Back with us, the man in charge of the Red Reporter himself and currently a September snowman, Wick Terrell. How you doing, man? I'm good. I'm bundled up. I got the sweaters out and the heater on and I'm trying to get through this Colorado freeze uh, for this this weird summer blizzard we've got going on right now. I'm telling you what, the, the weather out there is about as crazy as this entire baseball season has been. Although the Reds have been kind of consistently in one area. I think we all know where that is. It's the area of disappointment. So we're not going to ask, are you disappointed? Because, yes, we're all disappointed right now. The question is, and we'll, we'll start with this. The question is, on a scale of one to Kanye getting elected president, what are the chances of the Reds sneaking on in to the playoffs? Yeah, so they've got what? They've got 18 games left. Is that right? Is that where mm-hmm. we are right now? Um, and uh, I think all but four of them come against teams that are either in playoff spots right now or ahead of the Reds in the standings. Um, they've got four left against the Pirates coming up at the end of this road trip. Uh, but then they've got the Brewers. They've got the White Sox. They've got the Twins. They've got uh, uh, the series against the Cardinals coming up. Um, y- you know, if you would have told me before the season that they had to go uh, what, um, you know, 11 and seven against these teams. Would I have said this club is good enough to do that? Yeah. And there's still an aspect of me that thinks that this club is good enough to do that against the best teams in baseball. Um, but you only get so many chances to, to see them actually go off of paper and onto the field and do it. And they haven't done it at all at any point of this season, you know? And so, um, uh, this is one of those instances where I still think this team is, imminently capable of making a big run 
but until they do, I, it's hard to really feel confident in saying that, if that makes sense. Oh, no, and I, I'm with you. Like, I almost apply. It, it's funny because when you look at the sports like baseball and football, there's there's two different ways to completely look at a team. There's the baseball way where you can look at the statistics, look at the peripherals and say, okay, we know exactly what's going on with this team. And then there's the football way of saying things like, well, they're bad until they're good. And I think we've almost reached that point with the Reds. It's like, look, we, we can explain it, in you know terms of BABIP, the fact that they're like historically unlucky with that, we can explain it with fielding independent pitching versus ERA, uh, defensive stats, outs above average, that sort of thing. But I think I've just gotten to the point where I'm like, look, until I see that they're good, which I know that they can be, the back of their baseball cards say that they can be, but until they are good, they are not good. And it's just been so frustrating to see the way that this has all gone down. And we're recording this before a Wednesday night's game, which is Trevor Bauer and you Darvish, which is sure to be a great pitching matchup that will uh, feature some sort of defensive disappointment by the Reds and probably not enough hitting by the Reds. And we'll probably be talking about the Reds having to go something like uh, 12 and uh, 5 the rest of the way or 11 and 5 or something to get back to 500. I don't know. It's It's been such a weird shortened season because we, we can always say with these bad luck stats that they will right the ship, that water will find its level. But do we have enough time to see water find its level? Yeah, yeah, that's that's pretty much where I am as well. And what kind of hit me this morning is when I started digging through it and looking up at you know where they were and what they've shown us. Uh, the concept of of even finishing the season, if they do go what eleven and seven and finish twenty nine and thirty one, and squeak into that eighth playoff spot in these expanded playoffs that aren't even the traditional baseball playoffs that we're right. used to, and lose to the Dodgers in two games and are done is does that make me feel any better about this season? You know, is that, is that any better than last year when they won 76 games and that was it uh, is losing in the first round of the playoffs this year when 16 teams, more than half the teams in baseball make the playoffs. Is that, is that even any good? You know, is, is getting to that level justification for this season? Does that leave a better taste in, in my mouth than where they are right now? I'm, I'm not sure it does, you know, obviously getting to the playoffs and if they get that opportunity, when you've got Trevor Bauer and Sonny Gray and Luis Castillo, you've got a chance to maybe spring some upset. And, and the opportunity to have that uh, is obviously something that every team would want to have. Um, but I'm just it's one of those things where we've seen so much bad, lackluster, mediocre, momentumless baseball so far this year. I'm not sure a, a decent 18 game stretch just to lose in the first round of playoffs that are bigger than I'm already used to really changes my opinion on what this team has done so far. You know, um, you know, if they, if they rip off, uh, uh, I don't know, a 15 and three streak and cruise into the playoffs as the three seed or something. Yeah, that's, that's, that's massively different. And if they do that, I will eat hat and crow and everything else that I've, uh, you know, put on the table for the last couple of days as they've been yeah. disappointing. Um, but it's going to take a monumental change of direction for that to happen. And, you know, yeah, baseball teams do that. It, it happens. It happens every year. It happened with the nationals last year after being what 19 and 31. Um, but the likelihood of it happening is something that I'm not really willing to go out of a limb on saying I'm expecting. That's the thing too, is like talking about 
the disappointment of this team talking about our uh, trepidation, I guess would be the word, at saying that we think they could sneak on in. We don't want that to happen. We want to be wrong. We want them to sneak on in. We want them to make some noise in the playoffs. But like you said, if if they do sneak on in just to get dunked on by the Dodgers, it's going to feel like 2013 again when they get dunked on by the Pirates in the wild card playoff game. And you're just like, boy, at that point, I almost would have just wished they didn't make it. But I, I, yeah. I think that moving forward, this is a team that the talent is there. Hopefully, this is a team that mostly stays intact. And it's weird because I think there's lots of folks that have said, well, if they don't make the playoffs, just blow it up and start over. I definitely don't want that. And I, I would like to see many of these guys return next season. But I, I don't know what this means how do you make changes to a team that you don't want changes to, to happen to? I, I don't <laughs> yeah. Know. No, no, I, I 100% was trying to, to rectify that this morning. I mean, you look up at the signings that they made this past winter, you know, Mike Moustakas is going to turn 33 years old during the season next year. Shogo is going to turn 33 before the season next year. Uh, you know, uh, you look up and, and you might lose Nick Castellanos if he decides to, uh, to opt out. Trevor Bauer is a free agent. You know, where do you, where do you make improvements on this roster uh, without just sinking a lot more money into free agency next year? And maybe that's something that they do. You know, there are plenty of good big names out there, but um, you know, just looking for incremental improvement from what's already on the roster. And so much of what's already on the roster is under contract for good money for a long time. Um, you know, it's going to be interesting, uh, you know, whether or not they're willing to turn over things to Jose Garcia and Tyler Stevenson full time, which we might actually see for the last week or so of this season as well. Um, I don't know. It's it's a very interesting question because this isn't exactly the kind of roster where it's a bunch of 24 year old guys who have played a year or two of major league baseball and are waiting to take that next step. Uh, you know, you've got guys like Tyler Malley and Nick Senzel who are kind of in that that position. Uh, Jesse Winker's a little bit older than that and is already going to be an arbitration guy, but he's been so good this year. You can't really expect a whole lot more from him next year than what you've seen this year. Um, where does that incremental improvement come? You know, is it in the actual play on the field? Is it in a complete change of philosophy and, you know, mixing and matching lineups in completely different ways than we've seen so far this year? I don't know. It's, uh, it's going to take a whole lot of rethinking this because, uh, I don't think there's a lot that's on this Reds roster that they can overhaul between now and, and the end of the season or next year. So they just have to get better. And, and that's going to be the interesting thing to see is how they find ways to incrementally improve when they've got a lot of what otherwise should be known quantities on this roster already that haven't won as much as they were supposed to. And if you're looking to incrementally improve or completely overhaul your automobile, the best way to do that is to go to rockauto.com. They've got all the parts that your car will ever need and reliably low prices on those parts plus a easy to use interface go to rockauto.com check out the left side they've got all the different car companies right there for you you find yours you find your make your model your year and it has a drop down list of all the parts that your car will ever need that way you don't have to be an expert to know exactly what your car is needing or if you are more mechanically savvy They've got specific brands so that you can pick your favorite one. So check out rockauto.com. In the checkout section, if you would, type in, how did you hear about us? Type in Locked On MLB to let them know that your pal Jeff from the Locked On Reds podcast sent you. That's rockauto.com. And in the checkout section, where did the, how did you hear about us? Type in Locked On MLB. 
Rock Auto has all the parts that your car will ever need. New game day shirt? Boom, cash back. Food for the tailgate? Boom, cash back. Even buying a round can earn you cash back when you use your debit card. And yes, we said debit card. With Discover Cashback Debit, everyone can earn cash back on everyday purchases. In sports, it's hard to predict who's taking the win, but you know what's guaranteed to win? Discover Cashback Debit. Did I mention there are no fees, period? This one is a real game changer. Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashbackdebit. Discover Bank, member FDIC. Do you think that when they built this team during the offseason, the signings and stuff, it wasn't something that I caught back then, but it's something that I've been thinking about here lately. Do you think they were they had the 2015 Kansas City Royals in their mind, like, we're going to catch lightning <laughs> in a bottle, we're going to win it all, and then we're going to go back to disappearing? Because I'm a little worried that that's what this looks like. No, I, I, I've had a couple different theories on this, and obviously I've got no way of proving any of them, so this could just be <laughs> me talking out of both my ears right now. Um, I, I do think that the Reds built this club, and how to say this the right way, I, I think they built this club to play in front of fans, if that makes sense, yes. because the way that the Cincinnati Reds have been just completely at the bottom of the standings and in the doldrums for so long, they put a club together that was supposed to be good enough to draw fans, obviously, but the signings themselves this winter were supposed to have done a lot of that to begin with. I think the Reds built a team that needed a full great American ballpark to really kind of gel and peak, uh, but that also was going to help fuel that crowd as well. And, uh, you know, obviously every other team out there is having to deal with this as well. Also, it's not like this was a, just the Cincinnati Reds issue and playing baseball in this weird 2020 right. season. Uh, but when you try to go from the basement in irrelevance to contending and doing so with a lot of people that have never played in a Cincinnati Reds uniform before, I think it kind of needed to be uh, galvanized or catalyzed or fueled in some way, other than just, showing up to play the game of baseball in a quiet stadium every night. And they never got that. They never got that outside spark. And, you know, uh, I think other teams probably had either support systems or managers or um, uh, prospects that they could call out that really kind of excited things and shook things up to kind of give that extra spark to teams that otherwise were kind of stuck playing in this really weird, you know, myopic baseball universe that we're watching in 2020. (laughs) The Reds didn't have that. And, you know, I'm I'm not one who wants to sit and bash David Bell uh, because I think a lot of things he's done have been OK that just haven't really worked out that well. But he's not exactly a rah-rah kind of guy. You know, he's not the kind yeah. of guy that's going to bring the energy when there's not energy there. Um, this Reds club just has lacked energy all year. And that's not to say they haven't lacked effort or haven't wanted to win. But there just hasn't been that spark. And I think the one guy who really brought it a lot this year was Nick Senzel. And he's played 14 games this year, you know, um, and without him, there just isn't there doesn't seem to be that kind of youthful aspect of it. That's, um, I guess, happy to be there, even in the worst of circumstances is the kind of the way I, I look at it. And, you know, I don't know if the Reds were worsely affected by that than other teams, but that sure kind of is the feel I get when I tune in and watch this club this year. No, I'm with you. They they have a mentality like we we got to keep an even keel. We've got to be consistently in between, not too high, not too low. So then you and never really. So, sorry to interrupt, but you no, saying no. that it it's built for a 162 game grind is the mm-hmm. best way to describe it. I think it was built for a marathon 
a lot of veteran guys who know how to grind it out and get through, you know, counting spring training, the playoffs, eight months of baseball. You know, it wasn't built for a sprint. And while every other club was obviously building for 162 games, too, the Reds haven't seemed to really scale back and adapt very well is uh, I think the best way I can describe it. And sorry to jump in when no. you were talking, but that, that popped in my head when you said it like that. Cause I think that's what I was trying to get at. Yeah. And that makes total sense to built for the long run. And I, th- it makes me wonder because I was talking to somebody about this the other day that with the 60 game season, I feel like everybody, whether, whether it's a team that is killing it like the Dodgers or a team like the diamondbacks, who's absolutely just blowing up, you you wonder if they get to a point in the season where they look at it like, you know what, maybe this is just kind of like a weird extended spring training. And I think that's kind of like you're talking about David Bell. I think that's kind of one thing that's going to keep him around next year. I, I, I've been talking about this all week. Like at, at the beginning of the week, I was like, okay, I think it's time to move on from David Bell. But the more that I've read into it, the more that I've listened to Dick Williams and folks like that talk about, the situation, it definitely does not seem like they're in, at, at that level. I don't think they're going to move on from him, dismiss him from his job this offseason, and bring in somebody else. Like I know a lot, lots of people are just like, all right, get rid of David Bell, bring in Barry Larkin. I definitely don't think that's going to happen this year. Uh, it's, I think that uh, they, they're almost not as reactionary as the fans, and I think that's the job of fans. Now, I, I'm not saying that that's <laughs> wrong for fans to be reactionary. That's what we're supposed to do. But I think that the front office is not on the same level there, uh, what everybody's saying. Yeah, no, I think the fans have the better part of the last seven years, the better part of the last 25 years, yeah. all kind of pent up a lot more than the front office does right now. And I think, I think that's probably a good thing in the long run. I, I'm not sure I want a front office that's – super reactionary um (laughs) (laughs) it might you might get lucky once or twice but otherwise you're probably gonna end up making a lot of really bad deals um no i i think you're right in that regard and you know for me i almost wonder how many uh and this is not trying to be an indictment of these specific players by any means because i don't think individually any of them have been the problem by by any stretch of the imagination but i think so many of the players that the reds really invested in and brought in from outside the organization we're using the 2020 year either as a platform year or as a celebration year, kind of, um, you know, Trevor Bauer obviously has prided himself on throwing as many innings as possible, throwing more pitches in a season than anybody else has wanting to go every four days so he can pitch and maximize more. Um, his platform year before reaching free agency, he's going to get 12 starts, you know, uh, and a lot of them in seven inning games, like, his biggest strength isn't going to be something he can put on display a lot this year. You know, Mike Moustakis has been through free agency hell twice already before finally landing the one big contract that everybody kind of thought he deserved two or three years ago. He finally signs it, and it's this season. You know, it's, it's a prorated salary, so he's still not even cashing in. He gets hurt. He has a, a COVID scare the first week of the season. It's like, wow. Uh, you know, Moose never even got a chance to kind of settle in and be that calming influence that he was supposed to be when he signed. Uh you know, Nick Castellanos came in and, and, and absolutely knocked the cover off the ball for a while. Uh, but he's a guy who's kind of looking around going, I, I didn't know anybody, these guys before. I've got an opt-out coming in. I don't know what the baseball landscape's like uh, going forward. And then you've got Shogo, obviously, who's coming from a completely different culture and trying to assimilate in and, and learn the new game of baseball, the way it's played over here and with faster pitching and everything else. And it's like there was just never really a big comfort level with a lot of this roster. And I don't think they ever got the chance to kind of gel, maybe. Um, and you know, this, this is coming from somebody who generally tries to look at baseball 
very objectively look at the stats and, and look at what happened and the numbers and everything else. But with this club, you know, uh, BABIP aside, which is obviously historically bad, <laughs> yeah. um, it, it's it's a lot of things that kind of seem like it's between the numbers that have gone wrong as opposed to the numbers themselves. It's hilarious because whenever I would talk about BABIP, I'd have to make sure that I uh, spell out the acronym because I didn't feel like everybody knew what that was. And now it's almost mainstream with how bad the Reds BABIP Everybody's going to know it after the Reds season this year, that's for sure. It's going to be like the number one thing going into next year. What's their BABIP going to be? But I, um, I, I wonder too. Just uh, looking at this team, like like you mentioned, Mustakas and guys like that, just wanting to not not hang it up because that sounds like an indictment on their character and stuff. But it's easy to believe with all of us feeling the way that we do about 2020 that why wouldn't a baseball player feel the same way? Like you know what? Let's just get this year over with. Let's get on to 2021 like we're done with 2020 let's move on I could see a baseball player saying the same thing especially on a team that has vastly underperformed their expectations it's like and it's probably a bad mentality to have if you're a player to just want to erase this season hit the reset button or you know if if anyone's seen the movie Tenet yet maybe go get one of those machines where you can get time to go backwards and then start over and stuff but I I I just wonder what their mindset is right now and it's not an indictment I'm almost ready to look forward to next year I mean yeah yeah I mean it's one thing you know somebody bit of we were having a funny conversation in the, the the red reporter slack channel which is Mostly not safe for work, but we do have some fun ideas in there every now and then. But uh, somebody made the illusion to, um, you know, if, if you wake up in the house that you've lived in for 10 years and one of the bedrooms is on fire, uh, you still kind of know the rest of the house. OK, and you can put out <laughs> that fire and figure out how to rebuild. Um, if you've never lived in a house before and you go out and you buy it and you show up with a moving truck and half of it's on fire, um, it's a little different, you know, it's like you never had a chance to move into your house and suddenly you're dealing with crisis and you probably would just rather move into the house next door or never show up until it's finished again. Um, I kind of feel how that's, that's how this Reds roster is, you know, all the, all the, the new players that were brought in expecting one thing, not because it was the Reds fault, but because it was what all the crap that's happened in 2020. It's like they never really got to unpack their bags and, and then move in. And hopefully the 2021 season will give a little bit more opportunity for a lot of the new faces to kind of feel like this is their new club and this is their new home and not just living in a suitcase, uh, you know, renting for this year, because it kind of get the impression that a lot of the guys never had a chance to really kind of settle into this. And if you look up at a lot of the clubs out there, um, this past winter, the Reds were pretty much lauded and celebrated as being the team that went out and spent the money and made the trades to bring in a whole new group of people, um, that's not really conducive to how the 2020 season let them settle in, you know? And so right. I do wonder if that's one reason why things just haven't, haven't gotten the momentum that we expected them to have, uh, because they never got to settle in in the first place. We're going to stop it right there. Make sure that you tune in tomorrow, download and listen. That is for the part where we talk about next year, where we talk about how the reds are looking, who's coming back and who's going to make a big impact on the 2021 reds, but that'll do it for us here today. Now tell your smart device to play locked on fantasy baseball wick. And I will talk to you tomorrow. Let's go, Rex. Hey.
Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.